Hi, and welcome to Tea Talks with Chelsea. I am your host, Chelsea Johnston, and I'm so excited you came to join us. This is a safe place where you'll get to hear powerful women from all over sharing about how they make God the center of all relationships. So grab your favorite tea or coffee and let's talk. Hello, hello. How are you doing tonight? So good, so good. And you? (laughs) I am excited because you're here. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So we had planned this night like almost a month ago. <laughs> so I'm just like, the expectation is pretty high tonight. So I'm just like, oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I know. It's so funny the way things work out sometimes. And sometimes it's for the better. And, you know, it's it's going to be fun. And we'll find that out soon because... As we were talking before, it's so cool how God works in mysterious ways on how he prepares our hearts and tells us things after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I know you, but I know some people who are watching may not know you. So the whole big mm-hmm. question of who, what, where, the floor is yours. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. So my name is Krista Copel, which I have to say thank you so much for saying it right. We get Koppel and Copel all the time. Um, and it's funny because my maiden name is is Hinger, H-I-N-G-E-R. And I used to always get Hinger and, you know, <laughs> like just, it's just funny. And I it happens, but thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah. So my husband and I have been married for 15 years. This December, we have two kids, um, a 10-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy, and they keep us busy. Um, we have a dog who we love playing with. And I was just saying, we're actually kind of doing a puppy raising gig right now for a little mini sheepadoodle. And she's cute as all get out. She gets us outside and she gets us up and going and keeps us on our toes. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, so we live in Shore Park, which is just outside of Edmonton. Okay. Um, and we're, yes. So you were right. You were right with, the, right with the region. Um, and we've kind of lived in this region from Spruce Grove, Stony Plain to Sherwood Park, kind of both opposite ends of the city of Edmonton. Um, really over the last 10 years. Before that, we were in Abbotsford for a little bit. We were down in Florida. Um, uh, but we originally had met here in Edmonton. So and um, I come from an amazing family. I love them to bits. My parents, Mike and Lori. Um, we have just an amazing and this would be a whole nother night just journey of together as a family. I have a brother and uh, we all are just serving the Lord and in various levels of ministry. My husband and his wife live in Chicago and they're part of a church plant there. They were missionaries in Croatia. They got four beautiful kids. Um, And God's just been so faithful to my family. And I really feel like who I am today is so much a part of the foundation that my parents laid um, when they first came to the Lord. My mom came to the Lord first when I was about four, four or five and my dad about a year later. And um, the Lord called my dad into full-time ministry to sell his plumbing business. And, you know, and and it, the, really the rest is history. We've been on a wild journey together as a family, uh, just seeing God move in such powerful ways as we kind of follow him and and lead him. So, uh, or allow him to lead us. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's been great. We are so, so very blessed. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And he, and so your father left his business and to go full-time ministry. Yeah, and so and- was that... I was going to say, is that overseas or that was like, we, um, we lived in Innisfil, which is just outside of Calgary. So a little bit, a little bit like about two and a half hours from where we are now. Um, and actually the Lord called him to Bible college first. And, um, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So it was really, and I might've been like seven at the time. This was in the eighties. Um, (laughs) 
dating yep. myself slightly. Yes. 80s child. Um, and literally, like, my dad had to, like, pull out a map and look it up because he had no idea, like, where it was. And my parents were the first ever international students at, actually, Jimmy Swagger Bible College and uh, packed us all up. We lived there for two years um, and then eventually came back and lived in Edmonton. He finished his Bible college and he's kind of never really been a traditional senior pastor. I think once in a small town in Saskatchewan, but he's been the director of a, of a kids camp, uh, which is where I grew up and kind of wet my feet in ministry. Um, I spent like grade six to grade 12 there. Um, and he's led inner city ministries. He has, um, he was just a chaplain at a seniors uh, facility. And now he is actually um, a care pastor at a church here in the city. So uh, amazing legacy. And, you know, we're just so thankful. My brother met his wife in YWAM. They were in Australia and then they came back oh my goodness. to Chicago and, you know, and then my husband and I, we've been to Mexico and missions and he's been to Africa. And so we're just kind of a family that likes to go if God tells us we often don't think twice we just go <laughs> you just go oh my goodness and is it like for some people that's scary though to just just yeah. go it's yeah. like Moses just just yes. go Abraham just just go just go and I find that the older I get although maybe that's not the truth for those characters the older I get the the harder I feel like it is I have to think <laughs> things through a little bit more um but I I do think that so much of it comes from the example you know and I was yeah. even chatting over things with my mom the other day just in terms of how things have transpired for me over the last year and she kind of went well that's kind of how we do things <laughs> I said well it's true you know and <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with having a good plan and you know following through but you know there are times when the Lord just kind of shifts things around and you have to be ready to go and um and and I think it's just being ready that yeah yeah is required. But it's true that the the more settled you get in a place, the harder it does get to be to go. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're uplifting the roots you had planted, and then you're like, oh, but God's calling me out here. And yeah, totally understand that. <laughs> I think I'm just like God. When do I uproot? <laughs> Tell me when. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure a lot of people are like, yep. <laughs> We completely understand. God's told yeah. me to uproot, and yeah. Oh my goodness, how many people have not uprooted yet? <laughs> right? Yeah. It oh might be time. <laughs> it, it might be time. So listen to Krista because she's got a lot of wisdom. That just—it's crazy though because you've seen the example. You're now living it. Yeah. Can yeah, you tell us a little bit about what yeah. I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, um. I uh, am a former teacher and, um, you know, it's funny just to, to kind of go back to the start of my journey. I graduated from university about 20 years ago now, which is wild to say. And, you know, all, all going through university, I actually had no intention of ever being in a classroom. I was like, you know, this is a good degree to have, but I'm going to go on missions and I'm going to do this, that and the other thing. And, you know, again, God always has kind of different plans. And so even after I graduated, it was a good couple of years before I wound up in the classroom and it kind of was in a place of like, well, fine, I have nothing else to do. So I might as well teach, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, um, and you know, my, the early part of my teaching career was really just a lot of temporary contracts, um, you know, kind of chasing the job, so to speak, also following where the Lord was leading. But, um, you know, in teaching, sometimes it can be really tricky to get into a continuing contract to have a place where you're going to go. And so I kind of became the queen of like, just being ready at a moment's notice and jumping into positions. I, I mean, a lot of my jobs happened in like mid-September, mid-October. And I kind of got thrown into situations where you hit the ground running. And <clears throat> I've taught just about every grade from kindergarten to grade nine. Oh, um, wow. 
And in a whole variety of schools, um, Christian programming, French immersion programming, um, I was in a fine arts school and uh, I've just had some really amazing um, experiences. And honestly, you know, in the early days, it was it was something I did because I felt like I had to. Um, and then it really came to a place where I loved it. And, and some of that was even my journey to uh, to becoming a mom. Um, and we struggled with infertility at the start of our marriage. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I finally had to go, like, I can't just sit around and wait for this to happen. I need to figure out what the Lord wants me to do. And the classroom was where he, he wanted to be. And sure enough, not long after getting a teaching position, we did get pregnant. And, um, and that's another fun testimony. But honestly, you know, in that process of you know, just kind of doing what I had to do. Um, I really fell in love with teaching and, you know, it wow. really, I, I grew a passion for it. Um, I really love that middle school kind of grade five to eight range where they're really awkward and things are weird, but they're just so wonderful at the same time. Yeah. Um, I really developed a passion for literacy and uh, had lots of training in, in different areas with that. Um, and so it wasn't until about five years ago, I landed a position um, at the school that I have been at. And it actually was the school I graduated from here in Sherwood Park. And so I'd oh, always wow. wanted to teach here. And it was honestly, it felt like it was an impossible dream because every time I tried to apply it, it was just like every door closed. And then when the time was right, the, the door swung open and we moved and it was great. And, you know, within a year, I had a continuing contract. Um, I was already having discussions with my principal about, you know, like how to prepare for admin positions, you know, should I get my master's and I had actually applied and been accepted to get my master's so that I could start pursuing the route of, of administration and, wow. and it was funny because he had sat me down one day early on and just said like, so what are your dreams and I'm like, honestly, I just want a continuing contract. Like I didn't have dreams beyond just like, where's my next job going to be? Where am I going right. next? You know, like, what am I going to have to do? And I kind of almost thrived on it a little bit. Um, and so it was kind of the first time where I was like, okay, well, let's dream. And so it just seemed like a natural progression. And um, I'd applied, I'd been accepted. And, and I was going through my journals, actually, and it was about four years ago, it was December, 2017. Um, our pastor, Pastor Chris Mathis had been preaching. We, had, we were having an encounter weekend and he preached a sermon called Get Your Hopes Up. And, um, and it was just kind of all about like, like, what are you born to do? And the reality is, again, I've oh, always had it in my heart to, you know, to, to, to do discipleship and ministry and, and you know, and, and I very much could have wrapped that in the package of teaching because you do a lot of that. And I really come to that place of like, this is my ministry. This is where I'm supposed to be. And it was a good, you know, it was a good thing. Um, but it was in that service where I felt like the Lord was saying, it's time. And I'm like, it's time for what? And he's like, <laughs> you need to shelf your masters and you're going to enter into the school of the spirit. And I remember thinking like, but <laughs> like, I literally just got accepted into my masters. Like, you want me wait, to wait a minute, wait a minute. What? <laughs> you want me to like, how is this possible? And yet I felt it so strongly in my spirit. Like literally that week I went to my principal and I said, I don't think I'm supposed to do my master's. And like, I'm in a Christian program at this time. So he gets the, I just need to follow what I feel like the Lord's saying. Um, yeah. And he's very supportive of that. Um, mm. And sure enough, it was, it was the start of a journey that I actually, looking back, I said to my husband the other day, I said, honestly, I think my master's would have been an easier <laughs> route oh. than this school of the spirit that the Lord took me on. Uh, cause it easy really, button. 
It, it started a season where I encountered burnout and some depression and I had to slow right down and kind of re, uh, you know, vamp things. Um, we lost my father-in-law very suddenly um, a couple years back, right around Christmas time. He died just like really suddenly. We weren't expecting it at all. Um, you know, the pandemic hit and I was trying to be a teacher and a mom in the midst of just, you know, a lockdown and all this craziness. Yeah. Um, and there was just, there was a lot in that season where it was just like, like now what, now what? And yet, um, the Lord laid such solid foundations and kind of kept bringing me back to him. Um, and so it was about a year ago that I really started though, having those like, okay, I think the transition is happening. Cause I, I think I knew I was making my way out of the classroom, but I didn't know how, um, I didn't know when, and you know, and I wasn't going to rush it. And, um, Mm -hmm. and about a year ago, I got quite sick and it wasn't COVID. It was the flu. Um, but I missed about four and a half weeks of school. And it was during that time when I really felt like the Lord's like, all right, let's dream again. If you could do anything, you go. And that's one of my favorite questions to actually ask people. Like, if you could do anything, if money was no object, you know, what would you love to do? Because that's when I think we find out who people really are and their passions come alive. Come on. And, and in the midst of some of this season too, our daughter had been diagnosed with some different cognitive needs and some learning needs. And, and it really shifted for me, um, just my pers- perspective in terms of like my role, um, just how I could help her and some of those things. And right. so I really started feeling the shift, first of all, just to take a step away from the classroom, just explore some learning for her. Um, and then in doing so going, okay, well then now what, like, uh, how am I going to make money? How am I going to whatever? And, and, uh, and I, I had always sworn two things, which you don't again, also do with the Lord. I said, I would never homeschool. And I said, I would never own a business. Um, (laughs) and God's like, yeah, right. Watch me, (laughs) you know, my coffee. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's kind of, and like right around this time last year, I sat down with my principal and said, I really feel like I need to take, and I just started with the leave, um, a one-year leave. And I said, I want to explore some homeschooling options for my kids. And I want to explore, you know, just some business. And at the time I had no idea even what the business was going to be or what it was going to look like. Um, I just knew I needed to take that step. And, um, and that was really the start of it um, to bring us to where we are today where literally just on Thursday, no, Friday, I have officially resigned from my position now um, at the school board, (laughs) which was really, it was a bittersweet thing. I had struggled and there was a part of me that's like, "Eh, maybe I should just go back. I could still do lots of great things there. And there was a real comfort level. And plus I love my community. I love my colleagues. There was a lot that I really loved. Um, But at the end of the day, I really felt like the Lord was saying like, do you trust me? And you know, let's 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 step out together and um yeah it's just it's wild (laughs) that's that's huge trust though because you know there's that security blanket of you know you know what you're doing the next day you go to your school you have the same kids you you know if you've accepted a contract that you know what you're doing kind of thing and so and then you have your you know your agenda of your school planning you know you know what you're going to teach you know what's going to expect and then god goes okay but do you trust me Like I miss my paycheck and I miss my benefits and I miss some of those things. And like you said, like just the familiarity of I could go into my classroom and know exactly what I'm doing and sometimes not even have to think too hard about it. Right. That's Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really was a tough decision. Um, And, Mm. you know, 
some time of really praying and weighing and and I wanted to make a wise choice too, because that's the fine yeah. line as well, right? Like, you know, we want to make sure that we're still being wise and, you know, being good stewards and not of just, you know, our talents, our time, our finances, all those things. And yeah, yeah. It, it was. I like was, what this generally says. That's the hardest part, at least for me. I like my comfort inside my boat. Right. And I, I was just saying that to Chelsea because the Lord was saying just this week, like, honestly, would Peter have had his miracle if he'd kept one foot in the boat and one foot outside of the boat, right? Like, would he have experienced his miracle? And honestly, I felt like that's where I was at, that it was like being back in the school was my easy plan B. And I'm like, if all else fails and everything falls apart, I can go back to teaching, which I still can. Yeah. But I think I really just needed to take that full step up, uh, you know, off the boat and close that door so that I can fully yeah. walk into the next door, um, you know, that he has for me. Wow. Wow. I mean, like, this speaks volumes, because there's so many people who are sitting on that edge of the boat who are, you know, one foot on and one foot in the water, because they're not sure of what the next day is going to what the next day is going to look like and it really does have a lot to do with the familiarity the whole security part but then god's like do you trust me i will provide for you i will you know if i give you the vision i'll give you the provision and and yeah. and then he's just like let's go on a journey because although it's been amazing and fun teaching and you know this and with all that safety surrounding you, there is that ease of, mm -hmm. of confidence. But now how much more fun are you having? <laughs> Listen, and, you know, it was almost like I could feel the pleasure of the Lord in that choice. Because, again, I think he would have blessed me if I had said, I just want to go back to the classroom. Like, I honestly don't think there was a wrong choice for me. I think he would Come have on. been fine. He still loves me. Like, at the end of the day. Yep. But there was something to this, like, it was almost like he was giddy. And it's like, oh, you're going to trust me, you know, and like that moment in Aladdin, where Aladdin, like, reaches his yeah. hand down, do you trust me, you know, and I, and I, I actually had that picture of Jesus. And it was like, yes. And, <laughs> and I, and it was like, he was just giddy. He was so excited. And I think that's the fun part when we engage with Jesus through all of this, we kind of get to see his heart in it, right? Like he's excited to be able to kind of go through this journey with us. And, yeah. um, you know, it was funny. I had made a post last year and I was kind of not even knowing where all I would be right now, but just this whole concept of like, when we're on a path, you know, when we get to a fork on the road, we have a choice to make and there's no way of knowing what's the right or wrong choice, right? Like you're just going to pick a side and go. And at the end of the day, you know, you might wind up back in the same place where you started, or you might yeah. have two separate destinations. But at the end of the day, you can always turn around and go back if you need to go back to the other side. Like, it's not like once you've made the decision, there's no turning back. And, you know, <laughs> um, it's just, let's explore, let's, let's journey. Yeah. And that's partly kind of my personality. So I, I do enjoy that a little bit. Sometimes I'll <laughs> take the jump and then go, wait a minute, what did we just do? <laughs> Might have done on Saturday, <laughs> but it was. Uh, but at the same token, I think just keeping that perspective of like, yeah, he's got us, and this is this is actually just as fun, if not more fun, for him as he holds our hand and walks through it with us. Wow. Yeah. And so, as you're in that process of trusting God, yeah. and you're going through this whole thing, you know, between you and God, yeah. what was it like for Ty or for your family? <laughs> what you was know, it? It's funny because he's been saying for a while, you just need to quit your job and let's do ministry, do all these things. Like, like for a while, he's been telling me and I'm like, I'm not going to quit my job. Like, I've got a good job. This Lord gave me this job. So it's funny. 
he's kind of been on this road. But then when it when push came to shove, like when it was like, okay, we need to make a decision. He's like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't know, you know, and it, because it, it has been kind of a main source of income for our family. It's allowed us to do a lot of things as a family. Um, like when my son was four months old, Ty actually stayed home and took the paternity leave. I went and taught part-time and it just kind of allowed us to do a lot of things as a family. Um, that was good in a lot of ways. It was hard, but you know, it was good too. Um, and so, you know, it's a conscious decision to just be like, we, perspective is so important and you have to choose trust like daily at some time yeah. momently you know like just every moment it has to be that <laughs> choice second yes um because otherwise you know it, it's so easy to to give into circumstances um you know bills need to be paid and you know like what are we going to do about this um you know our daughter has medications that aren't all covered by our new benefits you know so how are we going to balance all of those different pieces um and again i think those are the opportunities that we have to walk with jesus and then as a mm. as a couple and as a family and it was interesting because even my kids were it, you know they felt the weight of hey mom mom's not going to go back and be a teacher and we're going to stay home together and i don't think i'm going to home i don't know if i'll homeschool them forever i shouldn't say that i don't know um but we're definitely going to do <laughs> don't say i'll never anymore <laughs> um they're never going back no i we definitely you know it's it's just it's been neat because they're at that age now where they kind of get things and we can talk about it and um and just be able to share with them because i was this was about the age that my brother and i were roughly at when you know the lord called my parents to sell yeah. everything and go to bible college and and it's so um is firmly planted and in, in really in the dna of who i am that i really want to be able to pass that on to my kids that it's like we're gonna listen to jesus we're gonna follow him and even if things don't make sense even if it's not what we even originally planned to do sometimes we got to shelf that and we got to follow and see what god's doing and so so that's been fun but it, i mean it's hard and it's a choice we have to make you know kind of on a yeah. daily basis and that's, yeah. that's awesome too, for your kids. I love yeah. that you said that because we're influencing our children and, yeah. you know, with every thing that we say or do, yeah. 100%. <laughs> we gotta be careful. They're watching. <laughs> they are always watching. Even <laughs> kids who are ours. <laughs> Yo. It's true. It's true. And, and so I think, you know, that's, that's been the highlight even beyond, you know, some of the business mm -hmm. stuff, which I know we'll talk about, but I, yeah. I have so loved because I, I really was pursuing the teaching career. Um, I've really loved this time of just us sitting on the couch together and reading a book or, you know, the devotions, like watching my kids read God's word and pray and, you know, the things that they're passionate about. My, my daughter will hear something on the radio about children in need. And it's like, she just grabs a hold of that and runs with it. And um, that's been so beautiful. And I really like, they're my number one priority. They're my number one ministry. They're my first students, my only students, you know, and yeah. um and that's been really fun and, and really beautiful and really hard. Like it's not easy, but you know, um, so rewarding. So rewarding. Yeah. I, I remember when my firstborn, he was in school and uh, it was about grade one where I had decided halfway through the year that I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep him home and start homeschooling him. I've never mm -hmm. done it before. I never thought I could. I was like yeah. super overwhelmed, <laughs> but I said, no, I really feel that I'm supposed to do this. And then I get this phone call from the lady who's in charge of the whole homeschooling base. And she said, mm -hmm. I feel on my heart that God wants me to give you this program for free. And it was like a $500 homeschooling program. And she's mm -hmm. like, here you go. And I'm like in my kitchen, I'm bawling on the floor. 
Woo, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember God reminding me, like, I got you and you got this. And your children are so like important to totally. speak into. And yeah. so I just knew from then on that I was supposed to do what I was supposed to do. He is yeah. back in school now because he's expressed to me two years after doing that, that he wanted to go back, that he was ready. And so yeah. it was just, it's so powerful when our kids see awesome. what yeah. God does in our lives that they get to for themselves. Okay, God, you did that for my parents. You could do that yeah. for me. It teaches yes. them this. Yeah, so exactly. good. Yeah. And that's what we want. Right? We want them to own that faith that have their own relationship with Jesus. And, you know, that's the thing, something we say to our kids regularly, listen, like we'll pray, but it's more powerful if you do, or if you, that's you right. know, make that step. And, um, you know, right. it's a fun, it's a fun age to watch that come alive for yeah. them. I love this before we get into, cause I want to talk about your business, but yes. uh, before we do, I love what Jane says of, well, I just gave up my nursing license. Wow. I didn't need any more. I'm 63 working with youth full-time and employment, feeling a new journey called to women's ministry, waiting on my knee replacement. God wow. reminded me of my identity is in him. Not what I do. Huge. That's so, so big, you know, and it's, it's true. And I think especially like professions like nursing and teaching, we, we can get so wrapped up in like, this is all I do, you know? And, yeah. and I've told people before, like, especially where teaching is concerned, I'm like, I know that it's what I do as a job, but there yeah. are elements of it is who I am, but it's how that looks or where, yeah. you know, where I'm actually doing that. Um, and that's powerful. You know, identity is such a huge part of being able to walk out whatever God asks you to do. Um, none of our identity is based on any of that. You know, even if I have to hang up my business tomorrow, you know, my identity is in him, not that's on right. any of those other things. And that's, that's important. That's right. And so this big question, <laughs> I want to talk about engaged communications. Yeah. How did this happen? Well, we know like the process of where yes. you got there, but how did this business. come to your head of the, yeah. what you wanted to do? So I started last Christmas when I was around at the time of going like, what can I do? I just, I don't even know what I started Googling, but I was just like, what could a teacher do from home? And again, I really got this idea in my head. Like, I don't want to sell things. I don't, you know, like I've done a lot of, a lot of those. And I, and I have a lot of friends that have done very well with them and I bless them and I'm excited, but it just was not me. Yeah. The Lord began to show me just like, Hey, like I have gifted you with talents, you know, that you have services that you can offer to people. And writing has always been a passion of mine. Um, you know, I've done administrative work for, for a few years intermingled with all of my teaching. I mean, there's a ton of administrative work just in teaching alone. Um, and so I'd stumbled on actually a couple different courses that um, taught basics of being a virtual assistant. And so, you know, again, offering services and it could be everything from email management to social media management to proofreading and editing. Um, and so I kind of sunk my teeth into that a little bit and then just kind of also started exploring the world of um, entrepreneurs or teacherpreneurs or really, you know, building businesses around the world of teaching and education and providing resources and things like that. And so I kind of have taken a couple of courses and communication has always been a passion of mine and tying that into, you know, literacy I really kind of engaged communication code really kind of just developed as this like overall umbrella of 
of a whole bunch of things at communication related, whether it's visual communication through graphics. Um, right now I'm, you know, creating a workbook for some dear friends of ours who have a marriage book and they're turning it into a course and I'm creating oh, their cool. work. Um, you know, I, I'm doing quite a bit of social media management as well. Um, and it's just been fun. It's fun kind of holding people's arms up and helping them reach their dreams. Um, but in doing so, also knowing that the Lord started planting some ideas in my own head for, for, for literacy-focused things, especially in that middle school range um, of just providing resources to teachers. But now that I'm in this homeschool world, I really felt like the Lord was calling me to be a bridge. And it was funny because actually one of my girlfriends just texted me the other day and she's like, I was praying for you this morning. The word I got was bridge. Um, and I've been feeling that for a while because I feel like there needs to be a bit of a bridge between the homeschool world and the brick and mortar school. Like Come on. We need a bridge. We need a better bridge because it we just do. And that might be another topic for another day, but it's um, <laughs> a good one. But it's true, you know, and just to be able to provide resources, um, for parents, for teachers, but then also for students. And so, yeah. you know, I really ventured down the road of creating resources because I enjoy that. And I, you know, made a few that I even used on my classroom last year, some, some writing, graphic organizers and different things like that. Um, and then it was this fall where I was like, you know, what? like I could probably do some stuff online, even with kids and, you know, um, book clubs, writers, workshops, those have always been like some of my favorite things to do in the classroom. And I was like, well, this whole world of like zoom and google classrooms and all that sort of stuff oh, yeah. has made it so that i mean i could i could work and tutor with a kid that's down in florida and i can be here in edmonton and you know we we could kind of bridge that gap and so i started really playing around with some of those ideas and it's neat because it was again probably about a year ago that i started kind of going through some of these ideas and I know you're good friends with Melissa. So she actually created oh, yeah. my logo um, and did such a phenomenal job. And again, I, it, to me, it's a real umbrella. You know, everybody says you need to like niche down, but I'm kind of, I kind of right now I'm a, I'm all over the place. Some of it, cause I need to pay bills. Some of it though, is that I'm still kind of figuring out what I want to do. And like I said, my heart is definitely in this education realm. And I believe that this is where I'm going to eventually wind up, but I'm really loving also serving clients and helping them reach their communication needs and goals as well. Amazing. Yeah. And that, that's so cool because you're keeping, I, I don't think that that's actually a bad thing to keep it a no. bigger umbrella because it needs you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it just gives a whole other aspect of who you are, your identity and everything. Like I have a problem with the whole going down to just one mm. niche. Like I feel yeah, like yeah. God's really. Or niche. A, There's a lot of people say No. Medication for it. <laughs> That's not a word. Is that a word? Yes. There's lots of people who say niche. niche instead of niche. No. Yeah. Everybody, we, please. We, that that we should make a poll. How many of you say niche? How many say niche? <laughs> please don't say that word. <laughs> Sorry, you were niche. saying. Niche down. Let's be bougie. I'd say niche. <laughs> But I just feel like God has given us so <laughs> God has given us so many um, gifts yeah. and just different perspectives of who He yeah. is. If we're only just you know, I just I don't know. I, know. I have a hard time with that one. I think I would get bored. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> some of us just need to be everywhere, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay, so um, what would people expect? If they were to sign their child up 
to yeah. engage communications? What is the whole thing? Yeah. So the, the portion that I'm kind of doing on my own now, um, I've, I've marketed it called engage with me literacy. Um, and so right now I've created, uh, three different types of kind of small group e-tutoring really is what it comes down to. Um, but just opportunities where kids who maybe are struggling in an area of literacy could come, um, get some instruction, um, but also find a place of connection and, and community. Um, but then to, you know, um, I also really have a heart for kids who just really love to read and write and maybe their thing is in sports or music or art or something, you know, and so for them to even have a community where they can come and be a part of. And so, um, so I've kind of set out like four week kind of just mini unit blocks, just four week commitment um, with about a half an hour once a week where we come together and we would meet and I'll kind of give some topics, give some discussion. There'll be a little bit of work for them to go and do. And then when we come back and meet next week, they'll get the chance to share whatever work they've done. Um, and then we kind of learn and grow together. Um, and so I've broken it into three different kind of main literacy categories, the reading, the writing and the word work. Um, and so the reading would really kind of take a, like a book club type focus where, you know, we might feature different things where it's setting or character or plot or, you know, um, reflection, those types of things. Um, and we can, you know, they'll do most of the reading on their own. But the emphasis isn't so much on fluency, because uh, right. to me, it doesn't matter if they listen to it, if they're being read to it, you know, if they're reading it themselves. Um, I think we have to go past every child needs a book in their hand and needs to be able to read it to themselves. Um, yeah. And the reality is like, I have a child who can't, like she has to read out loud and that's, she hears it. She loves audiobooks. She loves listening to things. Um, and that's when she retains information. And, um, you know, I, I, I really saw enough in the classroom to see that we have to accommodate to kids. Um, we are so focused sometimes on curriculum and that's, part of our job and that is part of what's mandated to us but we forget sometimes the kids that we're teaching and most teachers do a really good job of doing that but yeah. to be able to kind of go above and beyond and just say listen like I know for, for one, I taught a girl when um, I was teaching grade nine and she was dyslexic and we were in a computer lab and she did better typing than she did like handwriting yeah and all we did was change her screen uh, to blue because they say blue somehow neutralizes or makes it easier for them. And it was like her world turned upside down. It was like she wow. could see what she was writing. She could focus the words. And it was just those were the moments that I just loved or a kid who, was, you know, always said, man, I'm not a good reader. I don't like reading. And then I handed them a book that, you know, was more at their level in a topic that they enjoyed and suddenly they're yeah. reading the whole book and they're like, Mrs. Scopel, that was so good. I love this. <laughs> you know? And it, cause it was often dudes who are talking in that voice, right? <laughs> I don't want to stereotype, but that in this case it was. Um, and so I, you know, I just really have a passion to see kids come alive in their reading and their writing. Um, and then in their word work, cause we literally live in a day and age where everything's acronyms and yeah. slang words and, um, I have for words and I'm like and it's funny because I'm a horrible speller and even like all the way back to grade nine you know you do those aptitude tests and they'd be like you can do anything you want as long as you have spell check and I'm like 
fair. Cool. <laughs> and so I've kind of come to the place that I'm like, spelling is really such a small portion to word work. Like we need to yeah. be able to teach kids what words mean and how to use them. And, you know, my students have always been known, like I'll throw in crazy words, facetious and plethora and, you know, and then they get so excited and they try and use those words and <laughs> try to put it in a sentence. <laughs> but then when they do actually get it right, like we all have a moment where it's just like, <laughs> My son, he loves to rap. And yeah. so that would be so cool because just some of the words that he's grasping and trying to say within his raps and whatever. Again, when I would mark essays at the junior high level, and I mean, we're doing everything on the computer and bless their hearts, they're using spell check and they're trying really hard, but they're not picking the correct words. And I'm like, ah, I don't think that's the word you meant, but it was in the list. And, you know, and so just being able to help with word recognition and all those sorts of things. So yeah, those are kind of the three categories and different activities and within the writing. Um, like I really, again, writing is a whole nother area that I love and have a passion for and helping kids through the whole writing process of planning and drafting and revising and editing and then uh, giving them that platform to share. Um, right. So, you know, I've got different topics. I've got different themes. And again, these would be kind of more smaller group. Four to six kids could come. It's about 50 bucks to be able to register for those five weeks. Um, and uh, so I think our next round is starting mid, and actually in a couple of weeks. So um, there's still time to kind of get in on those next rounds. Um, but I'm also like, I'm open to tutoring even kind of one-on-one -on -one and, you know, just kind of, wanting to connect with kids again yeah. um, and just just see literacy come alive for them because I I mean it's it's essential to everything we do we read we write we listen we communicate and um, and I think especially at this age kids want connection they just want a point to connect and sometimes it's harder with this age group but um, I've found nine times out of ten it's actually not as hard if you just kind of take time to really engage where they're at and connect mm. with them where they're at. And, um, and then it's fun, you know, then, then actually instruction and learning just happens naturally. Um, and I think that's the place where we want to be, where we want to be. And I'm getting to see that with my own kids here at home where, you know, <laughs> I'm still teacher enough that it's like, here's our workbook and here's our agenda for the day, you know, and yet on the days when we just sit with books around us or we find something on YouTube to watch together, I mean, some of that learning is far more, uh, you know, impactful to them than the things yeah. that I had planned. That we're all <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> and we have to allow ourselves that space too, because sometimes we're like, no, we're structured. But then yes. <laughs> yes. you actually have a question from Jenna Lee. Yes. Uh, this is there an age range that you're working yes. with specifically? So my workshops are geared to like the literacy clubs. So they're called uh, virtual literacy clubs. They're geared for uh, kind of 10 to 14. I think I've put 11 to 13, but I'll, I'll I give the wiggle room of 10 to 14. So my expectation is that they're going to have some foundation for their reading and writing. Um, this is kind of, I feel like this is the age group where we pour a lot into the early years and we want to make sure they've got it. But a lot of times there's not enough to carry them on into this next phase where comprehension and going deeper with things is so essential. So that's not to say like, if I was going to maybe do some one-on-one -on -one work, I would absolutely be open, you know, to chatting with different age groups and, and exploring different things. Um, I will say like kind of grade three and up is my, is my, probably my stronger suit. So no I, kindergarten? <laughs> I did one year. Okay. <laughs> but I've never done grade one. And I, and I will tell my grade one friends, they are heroes and 
they're specially made by God. Listen, I didn't homeschool my son when he was in grade one. He's in grade two now. So <laughs> you're like one more year, son, <laughs> just one more year. Someone else do that. And I'll come back and grow it. Hey, we all have our level of patience, and our level of grace. <laughs> yes. Because on the flip side, I know there's a lot of people that wouldn't don't have time for 13 year olds either. And I just think they're fun. I think they're fun, fun creatures. So <laughs> they are. I work at a high school as a special care counselor. And so, oh, yeah. And so it's been amazing and hard at the same time, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had grade nine last year. And then this year I'm with grade sevens. And so at the yes. beginning, they're like, oh, don't you, um, like my coworkers, don't you miss the grade nines? I'm like, I kind of do. And then I fell in love with the grade sevens. And I'm like, I feel like mama bear. <laughs> they still kind of need you, but they don't yeah. really know that, but then they will in subtle ways. And that's when you're yeah. like, mm, I'm, and they don't really I'm, test. Like they don't test the way that grade nine does. No. Like yes. the, the, they're a little too scared still. And I kind of like that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you have a senior English teacher here as well. Just by the way. Oh, excellent. Jill, yay. Yes. <laughs> from fort worth okay awesome cool thanks for That's joining awesome. yes <laughs> um so with everything that you know now about you know the influence that you've had with your parents the yeah. things that you've done to to like show your children what to do when you're trusting and following god and now that you're doing what you're <laughs> what you're meant to do and what god's actually called you to do what's this what does it feel like <laughs> It's, it's, I've had some very surreal moments where, mm. you know, and, and I think, I think there are significant times. Like I, like I was saying, I was sharing a little bit of the story in church yesterday and I knew that that service in December in 2017, something very significant was happening and you don't have that day every day, but even both my husband and I said on Friday, like we need to mark this day on the calendar. Like this is a significant day where something shifted, you know? And so there's that bit of surreal and yet you're like, but we still got to keep going <laughs> and like there's still dishes to be done and I've got this project I need to finish. And, you know, so um, it, it's, it's really, it's fun. It's terrifying, but you know, I think it's so important to really mark these moments that it's like, I know something significant and then go back and look at them. You know, like we have to go back and kind of remember the things that God's speaking to us, where he's taking us. Cause you're going to need to hang on them, especially when it's hard. Like, I, I advertised my first round of these literacy clubs and I had one, one sweet soul registered. And so, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, pretty sure you told me to do this. <laughs> but there's literally no one registered. Awesome. <laughs> and that's okay too. You know, like yeah. I think it's the matter of like, okay, back to the drawing boards and you know, we're going to just keep giving her. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I'm going to, um, Two questions. I have two questions because I'm I'm like, okay, which one am I going to pick? I'm going to ask you both. Okay. My my second to last one <laughs> is what would you tell your younger self knowing what you know now? You know, I, for me, it's trusting the process. I am definitely a destination girl and I, I want to get from point A to point B and I don't want to have to worry about the in-between. Um, and I, you know, I think that's why got it showed me that like really he was stirring this up to me in me four years ago and it took wow. up those four years to get to where I am today and that every part of that piece of the journey is essential and that nothing's really wasted because there's been times in my life where I'm like well that was a waste you know well what was the purpose of that and 
there literally is nothing wasted and we might not make sense of it. Um, but I mean, again, a lot of times when we come back around on the other side of it, God's like, pins points and he's like, it was then. And you're like, Oh, right. You know? Um, Cause again, in the midst of a lot of the hardships that we encountered over the last three years. And I mean, we really went through a lot of hardships. Oh, yeah. I don't think at any time I'd been like, and this is part of the school of the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You know, you know, like I would not have said that. I would have said, get us out of this mess right now. Jesus. <laughs> Help me. Like, I drop out. <laughs> um, looking back, it's like very evident that this was the school that he wanted. Like it was, it was a trust season. It was a build my foundation in him. It was knowing who I am in him. It was counting it all joy, no matter what the circumstances, there is just some really sweet fruit that came out of it. But I had to really embrace those moments and that process. Yeah. And I, I'm a girl who just like chomping at the bit, let's get the race going when sometimes you just have to slow down and actually go through what you're going through. Wow. We definitely want to go to A to Z in like a oh. split second, but we don't learn what we learn, what we no. need to learn. Between that, if we skip the process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or oh, la la la. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Be reminded. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, God. You're slapping me now. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. Um, I'm sure that people who are listening right now or watching you right now, they're just kind of like burning or like sitting on the edge of their seats going, oh my goodness, there is something God's asking me to do. And I just like, I now know I need to just step in to do it. And it's yeah. so fresh in your, in your memory that from four years ago. Yeah. Can you like give, a th I don't know, three, two or three points of what they should follow or try and do to help yeah. them realize that kind of passion, especially in 2022, right? We want to live those visions and dreams that God has given us. And so now this is another way of how to do it. Like two mm -hmm. or three points that you can just say, Hey, you got this. <laughs> well, the teacher in me says, write everything down, you know, and I think it's so important that we record like just even sometimes those crazy ideas that you're like, I would love to do this. And it seems like it's just out of nowhere. But listen, when we walk in the spirit and we walk with him, we have to start trusting that those ideas that come out of nowhere are actually coming from him. Um, and to be able to write them down and just keep a place where you can go back to them um, and then find good people to surround yourself with that will dream with you. Uh, I have a really dear friend at our church and she's she's journeyed with me on a lot of this. And it was cute because she actually prayed for me. I want to say well, two years ago now, like just before the pandemic. And she, it was like, she knew that she knew I was done in the classroom. And she was actually shocked that I went back that following fall. And I was like, you were? She's like, yes, because I knew you were done, you know? And so even this week when I texted her, I said, okay, I've resigned my position. She, you know, she's celebrating with me. She's like, I believe in you. And we have to find those people around us that are going to cheer us on speak wisdom when they, when it's needed, you know, my, my parents have been that for me as well of just, you know, let's yeah. look at both sides of the issue, but so supportive. And so we need to find those people that will do that. Um, and then be okay to just wait. And I think that again, that's the hard part because we want to see it come to fruition right now. Um, yeah. and I'm kind of like, I'll do whatever it takes. 
And and sometimes I'll sell my kidney. <laughs> I'll make it happen. And and when we do that, it doesn't allow room for God to make it happen for us, right? And I've I've been victim to that where I've had to kind of take a few steps back and swallow a few things, pride being mostly one of them. Um, and just to wait, you know, and again, I don't think that it, there's any harm in or wrong in, in, you know, your zeal and your excitement and jumping out. But sometimes we just need to be able to kind of take what's in our hearts, give it back to the Lord and just uh, leave it on the altar and, and let him deal with it and, mm -hmm. and do it in his timing. Um, and, and that can be really hard. And, um, and I will say this too, I, I, you know, the other kind of analogy, the Lord was really showing me this past week. Um, I was thinking a lot about the story about like Leah and Rachel and, mm -hmm. um, and Jacob and how, like what he, re what he really wanted was Rachel. Right. And that's who he wanted to marry, but he wound up with Leah. Um, and in the end, the Bible talks about how, like when Leah passed away, um, he mourned her, her death. It was Jacob, right? We're having these moments. I don't know why I'm struggling today. <laughs> Leah, somebody help me out here. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to, but I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know. I did just have to share all of this to say <laughs> when she passed away, he mourned her death because he loved her, you know? And I really felt like the Lord was like teaching in the system is your Leah and it's okay to grieve it. It's okay to mourn it. Wow. You know, it, it's, we're moving on, but then, you know, there's, there's still Rachel, which is really exciting. And you know, I think especially for people, because I know there were a lot of dreams, even when I was right out of university, that I had to let go. And I really didn't know if they were ever going to come back. Um, and, you know, you think of that journey and just to know that there's still hope there. You can always hang on to hope. And I really actually believe we're in a season where uh, we're in a harvest of hope um, and hope is a seed that has to be planted. And sometimes it feels like it's being planted on a really dry and parched ground. But Isaiah 44 talks about, um, you know, the, the water's coming to, yeah. and, and, you know, and that they'll spring up and I really see it, that being hope. Um, and so for a lot of people who have dreams and just kind of thrown their hands up and said, there's just no way, um, you know, there, there's hope for that. And, and a lot of times it's going to look different. Like I can't say that I ever had a dream of owning a business, right. That, you know, I would sell ed resources or, you know, do online virtual book clubs or re writing workshops. Um, and so sometimes we don't know the, those dreams in our hearts until we walk them out. But, you know, I want to be able to provide for my family. I still want to be able to do ministry and missions and discipleship and all those types of things. And, you know, those things need to be funded. And so it's like, okay, Lord, how are you going to use this now for your kingdom and for your glory? And I think that's the exciting thing. Sometimes we don't even know the dreams that are in our hearts until we just start exploring a little bit more too. And that's, that's the key too, is when we dig deep and explore yeah. with God, we start yeah seeing his heart through it all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Some of the things that we have to let go, it's like, ah. <laughs> but then <laughs> I really wanted that vanilla ice cream, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Krista, this is so powerful. Oh, thank you. And thank my you for like, just letting me share, you know, I'm still like I said, this has all been so fresh that I feel like there's a lot I really still need to process and probably write down. Um, but 
it's been exciting. And I think, I think there's, again, I just really sense that hope that, you know, it's, it's, it's good to dream again and to keep on dreaming, you know, and even, even that, though I've reached this point, it's like, I'm not at the end there. I want to now keep going and keep dreaming. And, you know, there's exciting days ahead, no matter what circumstances say, no matter what the political climate, no matter what's happening on in the world. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, life still kind of goes on (laughs) and our dreams are still there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Can you, would you take like a minute to pray for people yeah. about wanting those dreams to come to fruition and yeah. just to stay true to God? Yes, absolutely. I actually just want to look up that Isaiah 44 because I really feel like, um, oh, look, it is on my phone right here. It's going <laughs> I to love that. We yeah, didn't right. remember Jacob, but. <laughs> but I got it right here on my phone app. All right. <laughs> Let's pray. Yeah. So Father, we just thank you for your presence with us. And God, I just thank you that you know each one of us so deeply. And God, you want us to know you in such a deep way as well. And that we can just grow and discover um, each other in just such beautiful ways. And God, that you have a destiny, you have a purpose, you have a calling for each one of us. God, that you've created us for such a time as this. And God, I just want to pray over each of the dreams that are in the hearts of those listening. Um, God, I just want to declare that you will pour out water to quench their thirst and that you will irrigate the parched fields. Father, I thank you that you're pouring out your spirit on your descendants and blessing your children. And God, I just pray that each person listening today will thrive like watered grass, like willows along a riverbank. God, that you would allow hope to arise. God, that you would allow dreams and visions to arise. Uh, God, that you would just make paths straight and open up doors and close doors that need to be closed. God, so that each one listening can walk through um, and be all that you've called them to be. And God, for those that are in the midst of the process, God, that you would give each one of us the patience, uh, the endurance, God, and just to be able to enjoy the ability to enjoy that process and to know that you are working everything out for your good and for your glory, that nothing is wasted. Um, and God, that you, your name will be praised through everything that we do and say. And so God, I just pray a blessing over each person here, God. And we just thank you for the testimonies that will come of the good things that you are doing in us and through us. And so we give you thanks and praise in your name. Amen. Amen. This has been Tea Talks with Chelsea. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to hear more ideas on how to apply this in your own life and the real world, subscribe to the podcast. You can also leave a rating or review and join us next episode with another powerful woman and what it looks like for them to place God in the center of all relationships.